we have on a Friday is called Issues Affecting the Church Today. That is, that is the name of the Bible study. And within this Bible study, we sort of tackle things that affect the church today um, and confront them with the Word of God, uh, such that people may come to a right understanding of what the Scriptures teach on certain topics. And basically what we do is we confront issues uh, with the Bible. Uh, for instance, we once covered things like cohabiting. You know, what does the Bible say about cohabiting? We know that cohabitation or cohabiting is commonplace. It's fashionable for young people uh, nowadays. But what does the Bible say about fornication, living with someone that is not your your spouse, adultery? Uh, what does God say about sexual immorality? And so um, in this Bible study, we are going through a series called Understanding the Bible. So basically, understanding the Bible was birthed out of um, uh, our, our, our worry um, for how many churches today do not understand what the Bible is about. They don't interpret it rightly, and so they don't apply it rightly. And so we looked at things like the sufficiency of Scripture. Are the Scriptures sufficient uh, for all matters of life and practice? Are the sufficient? Uh, uh, sorry, are the Scriptures efficient? Are they? Can they address our issues as they arise? Can the Scriptures? It does God uh, fully reveal Himself through the Scriptures and fully speak to us through? his word and so we covered all of that we covered uh the old testament understanding the old testament interpreting the prophets um uh, and, and and the prophecies now we are going to look at today the new testament so if you remember correctly um between malachi and matthew uh malachi is the last uh, book in the Old Testament. Malachi is an, uh, he's a minor prophet. There was silence between Malachi and Matthew. And that silence was broken by John the Baptist. In these words from Matthew chapter 1, sorry, from Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, which says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Or some versions of the Bible say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord make straight the paths for him. Thus, friends, we see the introduction of the New Testament, all right? So Matthew, chronologically, uh, or sorry, chronologically in the canon, not in, in terms of the order that the Gospels were written, is the first book of the New Testament, all right? And we, we even see 
Jesus echoing the same words that John the Baptist said in, in Matthew chapter 3. He says in Matthew chapter 4 verse 17, it, it says from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So the New Testament is arranged uh, firstly with the Gospels, all right? We've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and they are brief biographies of Jesus Christ. And they contain information about the Lord Jesus Christ. They are really, uh, they, they, they are the fulfillment of what was prophesied about in the in the old testament so the the gospels really narrate jesus coming into the world and being born of course being born of a virgin conceived by the spirit as the scriptures say and then uh living a righteous and sinless life and and eventually dying on the cross um and, and really, they exist to proclaim the gospel, the good news, that Christ Jesus, this is the Messiah, the one who was promised beforehand to come and save you from sin, to come and preach the kingdom and usher in the kingdom. Because if you remember correctly, in the Old Testament, the old way of doing things the the old in the old covenant people used to sacrifice to god and burn animals and uh, to appease god but they would do that regularly and you know you slaughter animals the blood of bulls the blood of lambs and 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 and, and yet and the priest would go and uh, really uh you know uh go on their behalf to god and say these are your people forgive them of their trespasses and they will continue to do it but there was a messiah that was to come and die once and for all the blood of bulls was not enough to cleanse uh mankind from his sin to cleanse mankind from his trespasses to forgive mankind of his sins there had to be the shedding of blood there had to be the shedding of blood of the lamb of god who was slain before the foundations of the earth and this was this jesus christ and it is through him that everyone on this planet is able or can come to god can be reconciled to god we cannot reconcile ourselves to god our good works can't our uh, intuition our a sort of, you know, intellect cannot reconcile ourselves to God. So that is what the Gospels are about. They're about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that Mark was the first Gospel written in terms of chronology. Now we're talking about the chronological order of the Gospels themselves, not the way they are arranged in the canon of Scripture. But, you know, Mark is said to be the first Gospel and it is the shortest and many scholars believe that matthew and luke used mark uh to then write their 
gospel narratives. And, and, and even as you see the gospels, they've got different focal points. They've got different sort of views on certain things, but they all reconcile on the message of the gospel. They may differ on some instances. Uh, they may differ on even maybe when you look at the genealogy of Luke and the genealogy of Matthew, the, 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 there's uh, aspects that Luke has chosen to cover and aspects that Matthew has chosen to cover. And it's not that the scriptures are obsolete or have mistakes or have errors. It's that the gospel writers chose to focus on certain things for certain reasons you know so you know that matthew was written primarily to uh, uh the, the 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 jews uh mark it's more of gentile uh sort of um uh, audience luke was written to theophilus um and, and and you know you've got the gospel according to john and so and so Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic gospels because they are viewed together. They're similar in content, as I've already said, and uh, they, they basically cover the same things. But the last gospel, which was of John, is not called a synoptic gospel because it is it, it contains uh information not found in the other gospels for example you've got the seven signs of jesus the i am statements uh covered in the gospel according to john so i i want to really quickly highlight uh the matter of jesus and miracles because i think this is very important in our day and age we see that the vast majority of, of miracles recorded in the Gospels were miracles of actual healing, all right? Physical healing, physical ailments were healed. And when you, when you read the, the, the Gospels uh, the appropriate way, you see that the purpose for the miracles was not a simple a simple alleviation of physical suffering jesus did not just say you're you you are healed go your way whenever you would heal someone you would go and say your sins are forgiven go your way go and sin no more in some instances jesus would go on to say do not tell anyone because my time has not come. My time has not come to be taken away. I, I, I need to continue doing the work that God the Father has sent me to do. And really the miracles of healing always point to a greater truth. Namely that Jesus is the Son of God with authority jesus is god only god can heal physical ailments if jesus was not god he would not be able to heal any physical ailments and and, and and 
if Jesus was not God, he would not be able to resurrect himself from the dead, isn't he? And, and when he casts out demons, his authority over them was emphasized. When Jesus cast out demons, his authority over the dark world, the, 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 the spiritual forces in the heavenly places, the dark forces was emphasized that this is God. This is the one who is the creator of heaven and earth. In fact, the creator of this very demons uh, everyone is afraid of. He is the one. That is why in Mark chapter 5, when Jesus is in uh, uh, Gerasenes, he, he, he goes there and he sees a man, Legion. Who had demons and this person was scraping off his skin and he, he was you know he was uh, oppressed for a very long time and when he saw Jesus he ran to Jesus and he bowed the knee he went onto his knee and he said son of the most high God what do you have to do with me son of the most high God this is what the, the demons themselves know who Jesus is. And many miracles actually emphasize Jesus' authority over nature. Remember feeding the 5,000 or if you will, the 4,000, the 5,000. Um, when he says, I am the bread of life. Jesus coming the storm, the storm. What manner of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Who can do that, friends? Uh, who is like Jesus? You guys are in Manika land. If by God's providence, there is Cyclone Aidai, part two, and it comes back, all right? No one can stand in the way of Cyclone Aidai and say, stop right there. And the cyclone stops. But only Jesus. And so there's, you know, if you want to read and understand the Gospels uh, or to study the miracles of Jesus, then, you know, make a list of each miracle and see the explanation that is provided. For example, you know, Jesus turning water into wine in John chapter 2. The miracle did alleviate a potential embarrassment for the host and it did appease his mother who asked him to get involved. But the primary result is recorded in verse 11. All right. What, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believe him. There have been men and women who've tried to create water into wine or change water into wine and, and, and all this. But this was an actual event recorded in scripture. Not some fable, not some theories, but an actual miracle. So the problem is that charismatics take the miracles that Jesus performed to be normative. 
they take what Jesus did, which was mostly narrative, and they then apply it into the normative. That's why you've got people like T.B. Joshua who died. You know, he, 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 in his synagogue, uh, Scowen, Church of All Nations, where, you know, people used to go there for healing. He was basically a, a witch doctor who was in smart attire and not in a, you know, in a shrine or anything like that, in a building wearing a suit and telling people come for healing. And these people will start speaking, speaking to demons and saying all sorts of things. No, I belong. I'm a mermaid. I belong in the river. And once the demon is cast, cast out, the people stand up and start walking and there's dramatic music played and people start doing all sorts of uh, theatrics. And then the narrator or even the, the MC will start saying, you are healed in Jesus. And everyone claps hands. And there's a song, I have decided to follow Jesus. And people are dancing. But the thing is, there is no preaching of the cross. There is no salvation in Christ alone. There is no definition of what sin is. There is no uh, sort of, you know, um, exposition of what you are being saved from and saved to and what that means in your life is all about well my physical healing my physical ailment my physical this my physical that and yet when you see what Jesus was doing it was pointing to himself as the Messiah and pointing to himself as the one who can heal people of their ailments, but more so save people from their sin and heal them of their, uh, their spiritual disease, which is sin. Right. So basically, that's what the gospel is about. They cover the crucifixion. They cover uh, the institution of the Lord's table before the crucifixion, the institution of baptism after the crucifixion matthew chapter 28 is a key verse which talks about the great commission what the church is meant to do matthew chapter 28 verse 18 to 20 go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to obey all that i've commanded and lo and behold, I will be with you till the end of the age. So that's a key verse. It now sets the tone for what is to come. Jesus has now commissioned his disciples to go out there and preach the word of God. Baptizing them. When you decide, so, so I want you to note what happens in the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Go ye therefore and make disciples. Okay, making disciples signifies conversion. Making disciples of all nations, baptizing them. You know, you baptize those who are converted. You baptize them in the name of the triune God because they belong to the triune God. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, signifying that the triune God is involved in salvation. Very much so. Very well, friends. We uh, our time is is is, is rushing. Um, so I'm going to rush through as well. Uh, 
through the acts of the apostles, uh, the epistles, uh, and, and revelation. But the acts of the apostles come straight after, excuse me, the gospels. And really, the book uh, tells of the founding of the, of the church and of the early work. It was written by evangelist Luke or Luke the doctor, the same one who wrote the gospel according to Luke. And he is pretty much, you know, he's writing to, 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 uh, to a particular person to narrate what uh, the, the, the acts are about. Okay? So when we see that, when, when we read the, 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 the Acts of the Apostles, the period of the time covered in Acts uh, is about 35 years, plus or minus. And the book can be divided into two main sections, chapters 1 to 12, the Acts of Peter, and chapters 13 to 28, the Acts of Paul. So, very big division in the, in, in the Acts of the Apostles. You read Acts... The first 12 chapters really cover what Peter, uh, you know, the, setting the tone for the, 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 the preaching of the gospel at Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit by power, speaking in tongues or speaking in different languages to signify that the Holy Spirit has come by power and that those whom uh, were natives could see that people were speaking their language and so the gospel was was spreading right and so we see the also the acts of the of the apostle paul from chapter 13 to 28 um and in the book of acts we see uh in the book of acts we see you know many things we see baptisms we see uh, miracles, all right? Peter and John, they're, they're going to pray and they meet a, a, a lame man on the way at the gate. Um, I think they're going to the temple and, you know, he, he, he stretched out his arms and held out his palms and, and Peter and John says, silver and gold have I none, all right? I don't have silver and gold, but in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That is to signify the gospel uh, had come uh, to them by the power of the Holy Spirit and the church was to be the buttress of truth for the spread of the gospel. This church is the agency of the spread of the gospel. That is why it's very important, friends, to be part of a local church because when you're a part of a local church, you can then say with full confidence that I am living according to what the Bible would have me living. I am part of this great work that God is doing. We see the epistles. The epistles form 21 books of the New Testament. So of the 27 books in the New Testament, 21 are epistles or letters, many of which were written by the Apostle Paul. They, they shine the light on the Apostle Paul. There's like 
a a a a, a, a um an 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 unmissable or unavoidable light on the apostle paul's writings to the romans corinthians galatians um, ephesians that's the letter that we're going through in, ch in in our church to the philippians to the colossians etc 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 and the letter to the hebrews is one that has been debated for many uh, a year um, many ascribe it to paul at what well at one time it was ascribed to paul but many now uh, see it as uh, some 20, some first century jew that wrote so there are other epistles as well the epistle, epistle to james first and second peter uh first second and third john and jude all right so the epistles are the gospels retold and applied this is what god has done in eternity past and this is what he's done in time and this is how you are to live in light of what God has done. Repent and believe in the gospel. Romans, that's the pattern. Ephesians, that's the pattern. Paul goes to pains and lengths to, to really exegete or to expose what God has done. To, to, make, uh, to build on arguments, to argue about or against the law. So as to show you that the Lord does not save, but you are saved by grace alone. All right? That you're no longer under law, but you're under grace. Do not fall back into Judaism. Do not fall back into things that ensnared you to live like pagans. Because God has saved you from sin. That's the message of the New Testament. Jesus Christ has purchased a people and if you are those people one of those people that jesus has purchased then you are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that which you have been called to the end and walking in a manner worthy of the calling is hating sin for the grace of god has appeared from heaven so that we can denounce all ungodliness, writes Paul to Titus. All right, the grace of God has appeared for, for us to denounce all ungodliness and uncleanliness. You are to live as such in a, such a manner as a Christian. You are to walk in such a manner. This is how a Christian walks. The New Testament shows you what a christian looks like and how a christian should live despite the fact that there are so many christians today who are uh, you know they, they 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 believe in lawlessness they're antinomian that's what it's called antinomianism where someone says well jesus you are saved by grace and not by the law so you can do whatever then there's the other extreme of legalism which says you know don't do this do this don't do this do this 
So, friends, that's what the epistles are about. And you will see all that I've described in the epistles. How to live the Christian life. What our mission as Christians should be. How to love one another. How to exercise hospitality to strangers. How to live a life above sin. How to not be corrupt. How to read the Bible. How to pray. It's all in the word of God. And it's so surprising, friends, that even those who call themselves Christians don't appeal to the word of God. They appeal to mysticism. They appeal to horoscopes. They appeal to their ancestors. They appeal to luck. They appeal to all sorts of things that are outside the scriptures. And yet the scriptures contain, they reveal who God is. Right, the last um, last uh, book in the in the New Testament is apocalyptic, means that it's full of signs and wonders. So Revelation and Daniel are apocalyptic. All right, they have signs and wonders which, if you meddle with them, you'll get lost in them. So you need to understand and read them carefully to come to an understanding. But if you want to understand revelation, it's by the way, it's not revelations, it's revelation. Some people call it, and I agree with them, rightly so, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it is. The end times. What Jesus will come like when jesus returns what will be happening the signs of the end of the age judgment on the earth and of course it's a it's it's uh you know john is is caught in the island of patmos and you know some visions are given to him concerning this and all those visions were compiled to be known as the revelation the revelation of john which is of the lord jesus christ the theme of the book is the lordship of god over history and a message that is intended to encourage christians to endure even the most savage persecutions because the kingdom of God is, is, is near. Friends, we are living in the end times. Okay? We have lived in the end times from the time Christ, from the time of Christ. Let's just say that. Some people say when you ascended or when you resurrected, those are the end times. From the time of Christ, we were living in the end times. When Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, mark this, in the last days they will be. Those were the last, the, those were the last days all up to now. We are waiting for Christ. Who will come at any given time? Who will come like a thief in the night? We continue to pray 
Maranatha, Maranatha. As history unfolds, we are in the last lap. You you guys went to, you know, these schools and people did athletics and all that stuff. And, you know, people will be running 800 meters or 2,500 running around the field, sweating. And, you know, there's the last lap, you know. We are in the last lap of history. So prepare for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would ask you this evening, friends, are you prepared for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? And so just to summarize everything, friends, the New Testament is about Jesus Christ, the person and the work in the Gospels, in the epistles and acts, the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, Revelation, the returning Savior. It's about Jesus. All scriptures about Jesus. But even if you see in the New Testament, we see that the New Testament brings forth Christ. Friends, I hope uh, we've understood each other. I, ho I hope I did justice to what I was supposed to teach and I did not confuse anyone. But I'll, I'll just give time uh, for...